Well, we have finished with the Lord's Prayer over these past 11 weeks, and today we're going to study about an unkind friend. An unkind friend. As we read through these precious words of Scripture, we find that God will present Himself to us, His character, His nature, His ways, and His will in many different manners and forms. Sometimes He'll present Himself in a very simple description, one that's easy for us to understand. But at other times, He presents Himself in a parable or within an analogy or within a metaphor, or an allegory. And we find ourselves having to be very careful that we grasp the intended meaning of His words, lest we'll become confused and we'll think thoughts about Him and have beliefs about Him that really aren't exactly right. And such can be so with this portion of Scripture that we're studying today. Unless and until we have the Holy Spirit abiding within us to help us to interpret these words that we read in his scriptures, we'll have difficulty understanding God's heart and his will in the circumstances such as these. That was especially so with the disciples. There were times when they were confused and they didn't understand what Jesus was saying in some of his parables. So it was very important for the disciples then as they walked with him and observed his behaviors and learned his teaching because those disciples then would be the ones that would minister immediately after he ascended into heaven also they are the ones who for the most part wrote these words of these scriptures for us to read today turn with me if you will to luke chapter 11 and read along with me this beginning in verse 5 luke chapter 11 verse 5 And he, this is the Lord Jesus, said to them, these people that had gathered there, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he'll answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. As I read words such as these, it becomes so apparent that the humility of God is far beyond any measure that I'm able to comprehend. As God attends to our needs by giving us guidance and instruction, He never seems to concern Himself with how we might receive His words, how we might misunderstand His motives and and perhaps prejudge Him for the things that He does. He simply puts forth His truth, and He does what He does, and then He allows it to stand on its own merit. And real truth can do that. Real truth can do that. Real truth, the truth of God, can stand on its own without any error, without any excuse. His truth is so perfect and so absolutely right that no opposition and no amount of misunderstanding can deter the purpose of His Word. And just because God's truth doesn't fit well into our neatly arranged principles and our philosophies, that doesn't make His Word null. 
or without validity. Our struggle to accept and to agree with God's truth is never on God's side of the equation. Rather, our struggle in our belief is with us on our side of the equation, with our weak and our meager ability to comprehend and to trust the plans and the nature of God. Sometimes God will present himself to us as being an unjust judge who doesn't quickly honor the petitions of a helpless widow. And then at other times, as with this parable here in front of us, he appears to be an unkind friend who seems not to want to help a friend who has come to him and pleads for help. But listen, God is never truly unjust and he is never truly unkind. Now, may I quickly read the parable about the unjust judge? And as I do, listen carefully to these words for this deeper meaning that Jesus intends with his words. This is the parable of the unjust judge, and it's given to us in Luke chapter 18. And he told them a parable, this is the Lord Jesus, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll give her justice so that she'll not beat me down by her continual coming to me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect, who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? That word faith is the key to all that we'll be talking about here. Will he find faith on the earth? Now may I pause for a moment and again assure us that God is never himself unjust or unkind. We may think him so, but he is never. Too often I have heard people accuse God of being unkind or unjust. The world, the flesh, and the devil is out there and it is constantly prompting us to think ill of something that God is doing. And folks, even as believers, we, you and I, can become frustrated with God because He doesn't provide for us in the way that we think that He should. And at other times, He'll allow the free will behavior of wicked people to do awful things that we don't like and that we don't understand. But you and I must have faith to trust that God himself is never unkind. And he himself is never unjust. It's never his nature to be so. Now notice first here in these words of this parable that we're reading here today. Jesus is still teaching us about prayer here. We've studied about prayer for the last 11 weeks. He's still teaching us about prayer. In both of these parables the parable of the widow before the unjust judge, and in the parable of the unkind friend that we're studying here today, God is giving us a simple but profound truth. And that truth is that there will nearly always be a necessity for persistence 
and diligence when we seek God's help and his favor. A process that will not only benefit the one that we're praying for, but it'll also serve to draw you and me, the petitioners, on forward into a deeper, more trusting faith as we pray. The illustration here in this parable of the unkind friend, it presents to us a man, a very good man, a man who has a friend that is stopping by on a journey. And knowing that he has nothing to set before his friend, this man goes to another friend and he asks for bread to feed his visitor. This first man who's come to his friend at night for bread represents you and me. And the circumstance represents all of those normal daily occasions of life. It's not just someone stopping by your home. It's all of those occasions of normal daily life. We're so often absorbed with meeting our own daily needs that we get caught unaware when an unexpected friend arrives and needs help. Now secondly in this illustration, the friend on the journey, he represents all of those loved ones that we encounter throughout our day. It's our wife, our husband, our son, our daughter, our co-workers, our neighbors, and on and on. Those we meet in the store, all of those that we encounter on a daily basis. And our usual fare, what we really have to offer, is nothing but self-absorbed opinions and ideas. They stop you there in the store and they say, I'd like to ask you about something. And all I have, all you have, is your own self-absorbed opinion. And that does not feed the hungry soul of someone who has a need. Now this third friend in this illustration, the man in the house, this is God. The man in the house is God. While his, his response doesn't at first seem to be helpful, as I mentioned a moment ago, God is never unkind. He's always good, all of the time. Psalm 119 tells us that. He says, He is good and He does good. And He is also very wise. Very wise. God simply uses most every circumstance and every moment of life as a teachable moment. And it's our charge to always be ready to receive His instructions. And that's so with this illustration. God really does have everything that we will need for all those who come to us each day. And as His dearly beloved sons and daughters, we can be confident that He will supply all that we need to help them. But we, you and I, need to also understand and to accept that God's blessings are usually intended to accomplish more than one purpose, more than that one thing that that person is asking about. His blessings can reverberate out in many directions, especially back to you and me as the petitioners, but also to others all around, members of their family or whatever is being discussed at the time. Look again at this parable. In its simplest form, in its simplest form, it's addressing you and me, you and me. Again, we are the ones who encounter a friend who has come to us on a journey. Such things, folks, are always taking place every day. And we need to be prepared for those circumstances. Friends and family stopping by our house. Others might come by our desk in the office. Others meet us while we're shopping. Often, 
it's a phone call from a family member or a friend. And you and I need to be prepared for those occasions. And no, our preparation is not to keep studied up on answers to questions. It's to know instantly to whom you and I must appeal for our answers. Ready at every moment to say, Lord, I need your help in this matter. And folks, listen. In humility, you and I need to always know that the usual bread that we have to set before them, our personal opinions, our philosophies that we value so much, they are not the bread that our friends need. Whether they be a friend that walks up to us on the street or they be one of our family members calling us on the phone, we need to always know that while we might like to imagine ourselves as being wise or as being open and objective on all of our thoughts and ideas, that's seldom ever true. Seldom ever true. Every thought, every idea, every principle, every philosophy that we advocate has our own emotions, our own sinful nature intertwined in with it. That's the way of all men and all women. Too often we're tempted to simply join in with our friend or our family member in their dilemma complaining and commiserating with them in their troubles, whatever it might happen to be for that day. But that is not what they need from us. God admonishes us to first be slow to speak, slow to anger, and quick to listen. If we're faithful to do that, listen, if we're faithful to be slow to speak, slow to anger, slow to join them in their anger, quick to listen then God can have time to intervene within our thoughts and help us with right answers, with wisdom. And because of that, our first response must always be humility. Humility. To know that our friend is in need and we have nothing to set before them. Yes, the bread that we might offer them right at that moment, the conversation whatever we might supply to them. It might help them for a moment, but it's not a lasting help. I think of the advice that is so often given to friends who are experiencing problems in their marriages. Friends too often sympathize with their friends. That's what they want us to do. They want us to sympathize with their thinking. And yes, our friend might have been mistreated, by their husband or by their wife. But retaliation, retaliation of any form, is never God's answer to a marriage problem. It does not help. And also, there's seldom ever a quick answer to a friend's marriage problems. By the time they've come to us and talking to us and describing their problems to us, there have been a multitude of wrong responses already taken place by all the parties that are involved. And perhaps that's one of the reasons for the implication of a delay here. While in this parable, the friend in the house might give the appearance that he's not wanting to help, delay can often bring far better results than quick fixes. Very often things do look a little bit better, a little bit different in the morning. 
Now, thankfully, as I mentioned a moment ago in this parable, our friend there in the house is no ordinary friend. He is God. And he has some intended purposes in temporarily withholding his answer to our request. He has the wisdom to know when to wait. And here in the answer about the delay is is given clearly to us here in verse 8. He says, I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend. Now recall, you're a friend of the person who has come to you. And as a friend, you want to just reach out and solve their problem immediately. But do you have the right answer? He says here in verse 8, I say to you, though he will not arise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give to him as many as he needs. In these words, God is asking us to go beyond the surface of our ordinary understanding and to know that there are occasions when the needs of our friends require more than friendship. Yes, we want to give them friendship, but there are times when Their needs require more than friendship. What they need is wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom beyond our capacity. And we need to be prepared to know the difference and to know where we are to go for that wisdom. We need to know the difference between the time of when we'll simply hug them and when we'll wait and we'll go to the Lord for the wisdom to give to them. Also in these words, God is giving us an understanding of the necessity for persistence in prayer. Yes, all of us, all of us want immediate answers to our cries for help. But there's often so much more to be accomplished within a person's soul before a complete answer can be given. I think about all the many years that you and I have spent on our knees in prayer for our children and for our other loved ones. How we do that now, daily. We plead with God for the bread that will feed their soul and bring them to salvation. But the answer most often doesn't come quickly. And so we continue in prayer year after year. And that's what God wants us to do, to be persistent to persevere, and to never give up. Why is God delaying in His answers? We know that God is omnipotent. He has the power to do everything that He wants to do. And He has the power to do everything we would want Him to do. But He's also all-knowing. I've come to believe, listen, I've come to believe that the delay that most often takes place is because our loved one, the one we're praying for, is continually resisting God's Holy Spirit. Or perhaps they're exercising some other form of free will to resist God. And again, we must not allow ourselves to become discouraged by the delay, especially to not become discouraged with the Lord. We need to continually remind ourselves that God truly is good all of the time. And that the delay that we're experiencing is needful as he carries forward his plan and his purpose for our loved one. Doing things that we don't know are taking place behind the scenes. Our task in prayer is simply to fully trust God and his character 
and to know that his plan and his purpose is far better than the one that we would prefer. Folks, listen, free will. Free will is a necessary part of the equation. As much as we might like for God to simply force our loved one to turn to him, or we might want God to force that husband or wife to return to their marriage vows, he often does not. It might violate his holiness to force on past a person's free will in certain matters that are taking place. And so we see then the need for the delay. And we see the need for our patience and our persistence in prayer and that we must never give up. Now, before we close our thoughts on this parable of Jesus, I'd like for us to consider a view of this friend inside the house from one more perspective. Now, considering this same kind of analogy, God, along with His beloved Son and His Holy Spirit and all of His heavenly family, they were very comfortable in heaven until we came along as that friend that's on a journey. And we and our needful friends on that daily journey, we can't help ourselves. We have a special need that only the bread of God can satisfy. And listen, it's because of our persistent need that God disrupted His household and He gave us His only begotten Son, the living bread of life, so that we might live. So then, again, as you and I have friends come to us each day who are in need of our help, What are we to do? Do we commiserate with them? Join with them in their anger at whoever they're angry at? No. We must not. Our response, our first response is to humbly realize that we truly do not have the bread that they need to feed their hungry souls. Our homespun advice, our counsel will not help them we instead need to immediately go to our friend in the house, God himself, and plead with him to give us his true bread of life. And that is the bread that we should then turn and give to that loved one who's come to us on the journey. And then after we do that, we need to be willing to settle in and be patient. And be patient and wait upon God for his answer. Because marriage problems, folks, marriage problems do not get resolved overnight. Relationships do not get restored quickly. Forgiveness is often a struggle. And salvation does not come easily to an unrepentant and resistant heart. It takes time. It takes patience. It takes persistent prayer. And you and I must never give up. Let me close with these words from Romans chapter 12. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. And share with God's people who are in need. Let's pray. Oh, Father, too often 
we step forward with our homespun counsel and advice when we should be being slow to speak, slow to anger, quick to listen. And we know that we need to be persistent in our prayers. Then as we turn and pray for these who are in need, help us to be persistent and diligent in our prayer, never failing, and help us to have the faith that it takes to do what you want us to do in each of these circumstances of life. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.